Okay. And we are live. All right. Welcome, guys, to the Balanced Mail podcast series. Today yeah. is the first uh, episode in a segment that I'm adding to this that is titled, We Were in a Cult? Question mark. I got to probably work on the inflection. We were in a cult. There we yeah. go. Yeah, and um, it's just, it's more of, and I wanted to start this to sort of give people um, a chance to talk about what we went through, the church that we went through, and just this whole idea of our church being called a cult. I know that there's lots of people that have different experiences. You know, mine was negative. Some people mm-hmm. are positive. And so I just want to sort of create a space to hear from people. And so I have... She's like, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> so I have my first my first guest, and her name is Keisha. What's up, Keisha? Hey, how's it going, Roy? It's Thanks good. Thanks for inviting me. And um, not that I'm necessarily super excited to talk about it, but, you know, I think it's cool we're having these conversations. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's it's wild. We were a part of something that not a lot of people understand, not a lot of people know about. Um, you hear like, you hear these words, mega churches now, and they're like, we have 10,000 people in our church and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, there was some number I found about our church that said that between the start and the finish, they averaged somewhere between like 700,000. What? Cause we were all over the world. Yeah. Yeah. 700,000 members strong. Wow. Yeah. Um, Holy moly. And so we were this big thing. And like, I'll mention, you know, the ICOC or Kit mm-hmm. McKean or these people and nobody really know about it. And right. So, and now it's sort of a lot of stories are coming to light. I mean, there's, I think, you know, you're, you're a part of something wild when there's like two Instagram meme pages for it. <laughs> true. True. You know, uh, what's it? Did you, um, did you, Did have, you have your QT? quiet time or your yeah. QT? Yeah. And the side hugs pages. Yeah. And, wow. um, but yeah, and I just like, I'm sharing my side and I have my feelings, my thoughts, my experiences. And I want, mm-hmm. I don't know. I want to hear more because there's parts of me that think I'm crazy still because mm. like, was I the only one that feels this negative, that, that had this kind of negative experience because the church is still around. Right. I see. I see where you would think that, but you know, and, (laughs) and even like when I was telling you before we started recording, like I have a friend out here in Virginia who was a part of the church and his experience was totally different. And, you know, he has his views, his experiences. I mean, he did leave as well. I mean, most people have left, but I just, I don't know. I just want to kind of, I want to hear from people and I want people to share. I think people want a space to share their story. So, yeah, this is cool. And yeah. again, thank you for having me be a part of it. So I know I'm I'm grateful and glad that even though we're talking about something that probably will hit some hard notes, it's mm-hmm. good to see you. Um Yep. Same. For, the, for those of you that don't know, we go way back. Um years. Years. We were just talking. It's about 30 years. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. When I moved to Atlanta in 1994. So and um I think I kind of want to st- like, so, so how did y'all get involved? Cause 
Yeah. I, I think I knew you moved, but for a part of me, I thought you were like born into the church. So my mom uh, became a disciple yep. back in 1991. So mm-hmm. I had just turned seven and we were living in Chicago at the time. She was working at a daycare center and someone, you know, quote unquote, shared their faith with her. Mm-hmm. And we were invited to the Chicago Church of Christ. And she I think she studied the Bible for a few months and, and then got baptized. Sorry, that's my automatic um, food dispenser. No, it's my- OK. <laughs> yeah. And so so then y'all moved to Atlanta pretty soon. In after 94. That? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In 94. So a few years later, we moved to Atlanta. And it was so- kind of for like a fresh start because yeah. a lot of. You know, a lot of shit happened in Chicago, um, and I, I don't mind talking about it, but there was some child abuse, mm-hmm. like molestation of me by my mother's then husband. And mm-hmm. so Atlanta was like a, a new start for us. I didn't know that. I'm sorry to hear. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So would you classify yourself as a kingdom kid then? I would, because I remember being a part of the the kingdom kid whole, you know, going downstairs and getting signed in and having Uh our little, you know, blue skies and rainbows and all of that. Like I knew all the songs. So yeah, I'm definitely a kingdom kid. (laughs) For those of you don't know, kingdom kid is (laughs) a term that was coined for kids that were born into the church. We were, our church was considered, we were bringing the kingdom of God back. Um, right. So we were kingdom kids. Um, Second generation. Yeah. So like, what was your first, your first experience? Like as a kid, what was that like being in the Oh my God. I loved it. I remember, um, like I said, I was like seven years old and I do remember we had, they had like the whole um, childcare kingdom kid, whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. thing down in the basement of the um, Medina shrine, Medina Mm -hmm. kind of, it's like a, a, it's like a um, Macy's now in, in the middle of Chicago on Wabash Avenue. But that's where they would meet a lot of the um, churches. I mean, they didn't have a home church, so we would meet mm-hmm. in hotels and that kind of deal. So um, my first experience, I thought it was really great because everyone mm-hmm. was so nice and welcoming. And um, I thought the kids were great. I got a, a couple of best friends from being in the Chicago church, one of which I still talk to her to this day. I just, you know, I talked to her this week. Mm-hmm. And we met when we were seven. So I thought it was great. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. And my mom ho- had like this whole network of people who seemed to really, really care about her. Uh-huh. And she seemed happier. I do remember that. Mm-hmm. And then y'all moved to Mar- Marietta, right? Yes, That's we what- did. We did. So uh-huh. one of the families from the Chicago church moved to Atlanta, maybe in like 93. Mm-hmm. And then all of the abuse kind of came out and they said how much they lo- they loved Atlanta and how we should move down here. And so we we ended up moving and living with them for a period of time. Man, I had no idea about that stuff. Yep. That must have been why we ended up here. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm glad you guys ended up, ended up in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. No. Um, I remember... Because I remember meeting you when we were meeting those hotel rooms, the yeah. Holiday Inn, and was yeah. that was that guy Craig still leading? Was it Craig and Deanna? 
don't know if you remember. Yeah, that. it was them, but I remember you even before that because by the time it was Craig and Deanna, that was when we were kind of with other kids. I remember when it was kind of just the west side of Cobb meeting yeah. together mm -hmm. first, and then we kind of started meeting with the east side of Cobb. But yeah, mm -hmm. I um, I have so many great memories when it was just the when we would meet with just the west. Uh huh. And it only started getting weird when we started meeting with the East side. Yeah. Of Cobb County, the rich kids. Yeah. <laughs> I remember just, just fun. And everybody was like, like me. Nobody no one was pressuring us. Yeah. Nobody, nobody came from a lot, you mm -hmm. know, um, my brothers and I, I mean, geez, we always talk about how, like when we would do things on our side of town, it was always like it's it's like every like we felt like at some point we were the only white kids around. Yeah, y'all were. Y'all literally were. It was just we, the Clemens brothers. Yeah, we were the only <laughs> white kids, and then we started going to the East East Cobb, and it mm -hmm. like it was nothing but white people, and it was so weird. Yes, see and experience that firsthand. Um, Definitely. So I think like. So as as you you know you're coming into the church you're formulating this idea like how was God presented to you? Do you remember like what yeah. you thought about God? Like as a kid coming into the church I feel like God was presented to me as, you know, all powerful mm -hmm. like your dad too, but mm -hmm. just this um being that you're supposed to pray to that if you don't do the right thing, it was, it was a beautiful thing in the sense that it's, you know, God loves you. God cares about you. Mm -hmm. God wants what's best for you. But then it was also very doom and gloom where it was, Hey, if you don't do what God says, if you don't do what the Bible says, then you're going to hell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was two very, you know, polarizing opinions of God for mm -hmm. me. And something that I think, I mean, I, I think that was sort of that idea of somebody watching you was always exactly. there. Yep. Um for sure. And did you like how aware were you of like like as a kid, I mean this was it. So we had the answer. We were mm -hmm. the thing. Were you aware of that like everybody else is wrong? Oh god, yeah. I felt like it was just just our church mm -hmm. was going to heaven. That's it. Yeah. And everyone else that you saw down, you know, down to your other family members, they were all going to hell because they didn't go to our church. Uh -huh. And that was it. We were the end all be all. We are the we were the only entity on this planet that was preaching the good news the the right way. Yeah. And so there could be, you know, all these other mel well-meaning churches or religions or what ha what have you, but we were literally the only ones that were going to go to heaven mm -hmm. and how special we were that we, you know, could be a part of this mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and it's kind of interesting to be like, cause like for me, I formed my entire reality based on the fact that I was do, I was in this one thing that was right and everybody else was wrong. Yeah. I could see that. Mm -hmm. Definitely yeah. me too. Definitely me too. It was, you know, when you go to school and you're looking around you and you're like, ah, oh, you know, I feel so sorry for these people because they're all going to hell. And yeah. mm -hmm. I could see how our parents and other adults could get caught up in that, mm -hmm. you know? 
like I'm doing what's right and you know, look at me, what was me? I, I used to have this horrible life where I was really sad and unfulfilled. And look, now I have mm-hmm. this purpose and I've got to save all these other, you know, people who are going to go to hell. I mean, it was every, it was every sermon was, Yep. I used to, and now I used to an insert whatever horrible or sad, but- terrible thing. And then, and then I came here and then everything was fixed. Right. Like I'm no longer, I'm no longer a drug addict. I no longer, you know, beat my wife. I no longer, whatever it is, bad thing that you used to do, overeat, whatever it could be. And now I'm so happy. Um, Uh That was the thing too, that was, you know, kind of put down our throats was that we were expected to be happy because we found God. Like you couldn't possibly have any kind of other mental issue. Mm -hmm. No, you've got Jesus now. So, yeah. Yeah, I think um, for me as a kid, I could remember having this sense of fear about not being a part of this. Right. I don't know. Did you feel any kind of that? I think, especially in going to to church camp and all of that, there was a sense of fear in that um, I would disappoint my mother if mm-hmm. I didn't be part of it. Um. Yeah. So I've got to do what's right because I don't want to go down that path. I mean, literally, it was just you would have your teen workers who would share with you about how they were promiscuous or mm-hmm. they did this and that. And and then, you, like you said, it'd be people at church talking about how, hey, you don't want to do this. You don't want to do that because you're going to end up, you know, poor and destitute or sad and lonely yeah. um, with no one to care about you. So yeah, it was definitely much, definitely like this fear that I would disappoint them and fear that I wouldn't have this mm-hmm. great life if I didn't become a part of this church as well. Yeah. And so like, you you know, we you grow up and then you get into high school. When did you start to think like, I need to, like, I need to, I need to get baptized. When was, when Gosh, was that? I think it happened right around the time that I started to go to camp, which I think I was 12 uh-huh. When I went to camp for the first t- time, it was Camp Woodmont. Uh-huh. So like the old, old school camp. Mm-hmm. And I think I came back and I tried to study the Bible and I wasn't serious about it. It was. Yeah. And I'm sure Roy will get more deep into it, but they had a series of Bible studies that you essentially had to pass <laughs> in order to prove that you were ready to get baptized. And so I tried yeah. to study the Bible then. And I mean, what do you know at 12? And so, yeah, so it didn't how, work. How many and, times did you have to study the Bible? I had to do it four times. <laughs> I think twice. So I didn't, really? I did, I did it at like 12 or 13 and then I mm-hmm. did it again at 14 and I got baptized. But uh-huh. yeah, I think it was around the time of, of going to camp and, um, feeling like, you know what, I'm, I really want this life. And, and a lot of it was strangely enough, I wanted to fit in really to the church i wanted to fit in yeah because i was like wow these look at all these teen teenagers and they've got their sense of community i wasn't saying it like that i don't think i had that those kind of like cognizant thoughts but it was definitely Mm -hmm. like if i become a part of this group that they're the quote unquote good kids then Mm -hmm. my mother's gonna be happy i'm gonna get these friends and you know i'll be doing what's right and i'll go to heaven yeah that was the pressure that I felt. I think I felt that pressure too. 
and a lot of it it was the idea of fitting in yeah was was a core tenet of just my wanting to be a part of it because honestly like things seemed so much cooler when you started studying the bible and getting baptized because like nothing was ever happening on our side mm-hmm. you know and and i remember like the I west noticed, <laughs> yeah the west side west cob um that like all the cool devotionals were always in east cob right where the money was where yep. the money was it was always at some cool house there was, might be a pool or they, they also had toys in the house and you could go there and you could only go there if you were like studying the bible right oh my god i'm glad you bring that up because yeah. i think at one point they had the east in the West Cobb people meeting together. And then uh-huh. they kind of said no more. It was like maybe a few times we got to go over to different people's houses and have Wednesday night devotionals. And I mean, yeah. that was a big deal because they lived so, so far away. I know, <laughs> so it's like, like a hop, skip and a jump away. It was like, no, this is a 30, 35 minute yeah. drive way to the other side of town. And uh, I remember it being like, yeah, you can't go to these devotionals unless you're a disciple. Like we weren't allowed to go to the east side of town unless we were already disciples, which I, yeah, hindsight is like, wow, that was bullshit and stupid. But yeah, I, uh, I was actually, I remember like, I got kicked out of (laughs) the cool, um, the cool devotionals because the people in charge didn't think I was taking things serious enough. Yeah. There is a theme, I think, with with my with me and my brothers that I could hear other people talking about that, like we we were not. If there were kids that were going to rise to the top, it wasn't going to be mm-hmm. us, which oh, wow. always which always used to just fuck with my head, um, like like make you feel like you weren't good enough to be a part of that. Yeah, that we were never going to be good enough. And I don't know if it, I don't know if it was like outright, but I always remember having this feeling like there's, there's people that are going to make it. And then there's us. Wow. And then I I wasn't doing, I wasn't doing drugs. I wasn't drinking. I wasn't like, I wasn't doing anything, but they were like, nah, you, you know, and then when I got kicked, so when I got kicked out, they were like, you're not serious enough about this. So you can't go to this. And I remember the teen worker, (laughs) I was getting ready because we would meet at that Marriott off Windy Hill. That's where West uh-huh. Cobb met. Yeah. And then my parents would drive. We would drive to there and then a teen worker would pick me up or whoever else. I think a few times. I don't know if you had got picked up with us or something, but I would Probably. drive with with whatever teens were serious, quote unquote serious. And then we would go to the whatever house it was and have the cool time. And then they would take us mm-hmm. back to church. But I remember nobody else was there that was going to go. And I, yeah. I sh- that should have been a warning sign. But then the teen worker gets out and he's like, hey, I got to talk to you for a second. He's like, "You, it was decided you can't go to these service- services anymore. Oh, my gosh. And I remember like being like, what? And he was like, yeah, we just don't think you're taking it serious enough and all this stuff. And so then I had to get walked into the the other teens. <laughs> and what was so funny is I just remember like everything that <laughs> it just I was so hyper aware of this and maybe it's because 
when you're in it, you're hyper aware of it. But I was like, yeah. huh, so this is where all the black kids are. Mm-hmm. I was because it was just me again. It was me. And then my brothers, I think, were freshmen. And then okay. just a, and then just a bunch of black kids. And I was like, this is interesting. It was hella segregated. It really was. Yeah. And um, I think that was part of the reason why I just said, fuck this all together when mm-hmm. and I'm sure we'll get to, you know, the letter, the letter and oh, all. Yeah. Of but um, when I could see it as an adult, how they would keep the East and the West segregated. And it was mm-hmm. just like, you know, we don't want our dollars to go towards that. Um, I, That's when I had to peace out. And it was so dumb mm-hmm. and not fair, really. Yeah, I, I used to I, I used to think that it made that there was something wrong with me. I could see that. That because like nobody ever came to our nobody ever came. They never had to come to our stuff. We and... always had to go to, you know, if I'm just going to be frank, I, I called them more like shiny, pretty white people. Like we always, we always had to go over there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, it probably contributed to a lot of the complexes that I had in high school. So mm-hmm. I felt like I wasn't good enough. Like clearly I'm black. Um, but I felt like yeah. I wasn't good enough. I wasn't thin enough. Everybody was incredibly thin. Yeah. Um, I wasn't pretty enough and it was sharp. They yeah. really wanted these sharp, people these sharp kingdom kids to be in charge of everything as like the next generation yeah and it just so happened they were all they were all white yep you know um yeah one time we did a we did a halloween party at my house and i remember i remember like wow this is cool everybody's here and i remember like i think i remember that was i there you might have been there because wait when did you graduate um oh one okay so you were only a couple years young. i graduated 99 so you're about two years so you probably yeah. would have been there but you i remember had, like, like piano in your living room right uh-huh okay yeah. i think i was there yeah or maybe i'm remembering another time i was at your house but yeah but i just remember like the looks the comments the conversations and it was like i'm having this party and i'm excited that everybody's here Right. I could tell that there was just, it was not fun for these people. Mm. And I remember I was writing about this the other day, how it was, I've never felt more alone in my own house Wow. than I did that day. And then that was the only time. And then ever, and then there was never any other things over on our side, you know? You bring up very interesting points because I, I think I had a couple of people that would come, you know, hang out. I mean, I was raised by like a single mom most mm-hmm. of my life. She got married at different points, but definitely when we were in Georgia and I was in high school and everything, most of the time, um, you know, she was single mm-hmm. and I always had to go over to their houses. They never came over to my house or my apartment. I think Lindsay maybe came over once or twice but she would she would have been the only one that ever mm-hmm. really came over. Um, I always did sleepovers there. Um, I, I take that back. There was one time where we had this whole. Um, do you remember when we would have the other churches come over during um, New Year's 
and yeah. we would host them. Mm-hmm. New Year's Bash, I think is what they called it. And I think they had some girls stay with me in my apartment. And those girls were like, oh, cool. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I did that too. Yeah. <laughs> I had some I had some dudes from Nashville stay at our house. And yeah. I don't remember anything like super weird about it, but that, but I mean, it just, it was, it was so wild to feel like I didn't have words for what I was feeling back then, but mm-hmm. you definitely were like, I felt more low class at church than I did at school. Like at school, things were so much easier to yeah. deal with. You know, but plus I went to a school where it was, you know, it wasn't like a high socioeconomic. Campbell, right? Yeah, I went to Campbell. Yeah. So like everybody was like me. Right. You right. know, and then and I remember like how all the parents would move so they could go to Walton. Mm-hmm. Or those schools. Knobs. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would call them. Uh-huh. I pressured my mom to try to move on to to that side of town. I remember having that kind of conversation with her in the kitchen, like, we've got to move to East Cobb because that's where all the disciples are, Bob. Yeah. And you, yeah. yeah. There was no other. I know it was was weird. And, you know, you felt, I felt alone at high school Mm -hmm. because nobody was a part of the church at Campbell. And it wasn't like Campbell was a rough school. It wasn't a rough neighborhood. It just was, it was just a regular working class neighborhood. Yeah, it wasn't, you know, Walton is the number one public school in Georgia. I don't know if it still is, but it's, it's like top 10 and probably was back in the nineties as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was. I mean, that had a lot to do with it, but um, I mean, that comes with being like, it's in a a very affluent area. So Uh yeah. Yeah, at one point we almost moved. We were thinking about there was going to be a a bunch of people moving to this one. I think it was Harrison High School. We almost did yeah. that. Um, <clears throat> that fell through. I'm kind of glad it did. Um, it just was weird to feel the pressure in church that you're supposed to feel in school. Yeah. You know, and like that was kind of hard for me to deal with and just to see and to be a part of it. Um, but I mean that like getting kicked out of that cert, that like cool kids, like the serious kids devotional, like sure man, that it yeah. it did. It was, it was a few, I mean, I was talking about that a year ago. Here I am like 40 talking mm-hmm. about getting kicked out of some, like I don't get to go to some kid's house anymore. And it like, it just made up so many stories for me. Like I was not good enough. I didn't do it enough. And then I kind of, that was when, after that, I kind of quickly left church for a a hot minute. I was, I think it was my senior year. I wasn't a part of church, but, um, but like, how was it like, cause I mean, you were a part of it from high school, then you were in college. Yep. Like how did it, did it shift? Did it get worse? Did it get like more intense? I would say going from like the team ministry, being a part of it in high school to then going to the campus ministry and you have the Lucases leading the ministry. Mm-hmm. It it was very intense because then you're living with other 
disciples that, yeah. you know, are your parents and um, the whole feeling like you're being watched was heightened Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's, oh, well, you know, if I don't get up when my alarm clock goes off, am I like, am I sinning because I spent an extra 15 minutes snoozing when I could have gotten up and had, you know, those 15 minutes could have gone to my quiet time. Really? Like you're think literally thinking about everything that you're doing throughout the day. And could this be a sin? Literally straight up. Wow. And so, so you were living with, you were living with girls, girls that were, um, we had a two bedroom and there was four of us when I was 18. Um, so that was my first, remember they, they called them households. So that was my first campus household in Kennesaw. I went to Kennesaw state and you know, one of the girls, she just, for lack of a better word, um, she was a bitch (laughs) Mm. and you know, God bless her. We were all under a lot of pressure. So yeah. I don't, you know, there's no hard feelings now. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely it was she was a snitch. Wow. So there would be things and she was I don't know if you remember this, it was all about who was your discipling partner and if yeah. they were leader. Uh-huh. Cuz it was, you know, oh, well, I get discipled by so and so and they lead the so and so ministry and blah blah blah. So she was discipled by the ministry leader and um, she would say different things to her that would then go to my discipling partner yeah. that would then come to me instead of directly talking to me. Uh huh. Oh, well, Keisha did X, Y, and Z. So Dang. yeah, it was, it was super, super fucking intense um, where you just felt like you couldn't be, you couldn't completely be yourself if I'm being honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking this is the right thing. And and then in uh, the college ministry, it was that much more church. So you yeah. had at the beginning of the week, it was a Sunday church, you know, meeting, and then you might have a devotional after church. And then some kind of Monday or Tuesday, you're doing some kind of devotional on campus. And then Wednesday, you have your Wednesday night devotional and Friday, Friday night devotional, Saturday, a date, and then rinse and repeat. And there might be other times that you're trying to then study the Bible with people. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you could be having some kind of church interaction with other people every single day of the week. Yeah. Every day. I, uh, I got lucky in the sense that. I couldn't afford to live on campus or like live like with a household. Okay. So like I I live I just I live with my parents the whole time. So like Oh, cool. Yeah. I never I never got to like really experience that. I had mm-hmm. no idea that it was it was like that. I mean, I remember like everybody sort of you, you know, they'd be like, you know, why don't you live in a household? And I'd be like, look, you know, my parents can't afford this and and I can't afford to live in, a, in an apartment. I actually don't want to live in an apartment with six. Like you would have like a three bedroom and there'd be like six guys yeah. in there. I mean, that's gross. Right. And guys. Yeah, I'm sure it was me and another girl in a room, but we had our twin beds in this little ass room. Because uh, <laughs> KSU didn't have dorms back then, did they? They did. Um, but they were like. Not what they are now. They ended up building dorms when maybe I was a sophomore and we were actually 
we were part of the first group of people to live in the dorms that you can see off of the main road. Yeah, those are nice. Yeah. So we did move into those at one yeah. point. So yeah, I had one one year of dorm life, real dorm life. Yeah, I never got to experience that. I mean, I eventually got my degree from KSU. It was totally different, but from then from then, I mean, it's so big now, but it is. But yeah, that feeling of being watched. I mean, I I can remember feeling that. Like I remember like every move was so calculated. Did you feel like mm-hmm. that? Definitely. I think everything was about like who are you and are you a leader? And yeah. mm-hmm. who are you baptizing and what do they look like? Everything was everything essentially was based on looks because you had to be sharp enough. And I hate that word too, sharp. Uh, yeah. um, y- if you were sharp, then you were bringing sharp people to church mm-hmm. and then you were, um, you could be considered a leader basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's where did you sit at church? And, um, but yeah, I definitely felt like I was being watched. It was, you know, you had to watch who, what you were doing even on campus. Cause I, I was like, I can't be seen and associated with people unless it's to bring them to church. Yeah. You always had to be doing something like that. Friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did not have any friends that did not go to our church. Um, and I, I didn't really associate with people who didn't go to our church because there would be somebody around anywhere, like looking at you and watching you even on campus. Yeah. I, um, I was constantly getting discipled about having friends that weren't a part of the church. I, I, had, I had two or three guys that I was close with and, it was usually at least once a month, they'd be like, why are you hanging out with them? And see, that's how like I could fly under the radar because I didn't live with a bunch of dudes. It was just my parents. So like I could get away with, you know, not hanging out at certain things. And I mean, I couldn't afford like college was, I mean, it was always about scrimping and saving. And so like, I never went to Bible talks because I always had class because I had to stack my classes Okay. So I could work. And then I was at West Georgia. And so for the beginning. Yeah. And I, I wasn't living on campus there because I, I decided to go back to church in between like getting accepted and starting. And so I couldn't live with the guys that I was choosing to live with. So wow, (laughs) I was driving from West Georgia to Smyrna three times a week. It's to me hearing you say that you got away with not going to certain services is wild because I mean, I would set my schedule up so that I could attend all of these things. There was no, you don't go like you Mm -hmm. would get rebuked if you had, you know, a class, it would have to be a certain situation where it was like, this class is only offered twice or only offered at this time. So I have to take it at this time and I can't uh-huh. make it, but it had to be that kind of situation. It wasn't, you know, you don't miss anything. I mean, I, I think that like, it, it like when, when people knew that I was driving every day, cause West yeah. George is an hour and a half from, from Smyrna and right. Maybe I got a break and there wasn't a lot of people on my, on West Georgia's campus when I was there. There's only like two or three, Okay, but, uh, but I don't know. It's like, I got away with it. I definitely knew that they were like, ah, he's just, I could tell that like people thought 
certain things about me because I wasn't at these things. But again, I would show up to almost every other thing. And then they knew, I guess they kind of felt that I wasn't going anywhere crazy because I was living with my parents who were part of the church. Right. So, so yeah, yeah there were, I mean, I, I got in trouble a lot at church. <laughs> it was always around um concerts i would get in trouble for going to concerts oh yeah you're being worldly i uh i went to i went to Dave matthews band one time and skipped a wednesday night and i got oh because oh, it was on wednesday got it you yeah. Go to oh Dave yeah matthews we've said band. some words i think we need to talk like sharp that meant like cool that meant mm -hmm. like put together Right. Sharp meant that you were attractive and that mm -hmm. you wore nice clothes. Mm -hmm. And like if you brought a sharp visitor to church, that means oh, that yeah. they really would want to study the Bible with that person. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. They because they were gonna be and recruit were... them and make them a part of it because they would then bring other sharp people. Uh-huh. But really, if we get down to it, it was sharp meant that, you know you had the potential to earn money probably sure you were you yeah, were pretty enough you were strong money. enough yeah you were so then you know give to this church because it was you really were. simply sex and money that's what everything is about it was and i you know there was a level two where like all the sharp people seemed to be all the white people mm -hmm. or just i i told someone you could be just black enough is that I remember feeling like I never, I thought that was something like you couldn't be, I never saw too someone. Too is that, is that okay that I said that? Like, yeah, too, no, you could totally say that. Cause I, I see what you're saying with that. Like I think of, you know, Ben and Tammy and they were sharp. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. For a sharp couple, Ben is, you know, very intelligent, very um, well-spoken. I guess he was like a pharmaceutical rep at one point, made, made yeah. a lot of money, uh -huh. um, you know, played college football and Tammy was very pretty and they were, you know, that was the epitome of being a black couple in our church. Yeah. Like we wanted to be like Ben and Tammy Barnett and they were, you know, they were it, they were sharp. So I could see it, see saying like just black enough. Yeah. If you were, um, spoke with a certain vernacular no they're not going to put you on stage mm -hmm. if you yeah. looked a certain way you would not have been on stage mm -hmm. yeah you could not sit in the first couple of rows at church if you didn't look a certain way no 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 i know that yeah remember that and like oh no this is how dare you save like a seat with a a, a paper clip and be like no 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 you can't sit here yeah that was i remember that in the front rows mm -hmm. yeah Oh, God, they let one of my visitors, um, I met this girl, she was Brazilian, really pretty, blonde hair, blue-eyed Brazilian, and oh, my God, it was, everybody wanted to be in on her studies. It was, you know, I mean, when I say everybody, it was like all the leaders had to be in on her studies. She got invited to sit, like, I got to sit on the front row because I brought this girl to church because she was pretty. Yeah. Wow. I got to sit in the front row one time and it felt really weird. <laughs> I remember, I think whoever was leading at the time was like, Hey, come sit by me, man. It's all good. And I was just like, this feels sure? awkward. This feels yeah. awkward. It feels weird. Like I felt like I should be in the back. Um, I don't know, but yeah, I just, I was, I, 
is yes, yeah. very much. I don't know if you remember this this happening, but one time, um, Incubus was coming to Nashville, and I love I had Incubus. Gotten, I love Incubus, not loved. I love them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I had gotten some tickets, and we were gonna go, and you were gonna go with some other girls. Okay. I don't know if you remember this. I, I feel like the more you talk about you talk about it, the more I'm yeah. like, what? <clears throat> but this, this was gonna crazy. be it was gonna have to be an overnight trip. And it wasn't gonna be weird. Like we weren't yeah. gonna all stay in the same hotel room. I I I remember having conversations with you about like, yeah, we should do that. That'd be fun. Like y'all were gonna have y'all's room. I was we were gonna have ours. Yeah. We we're just gonna go to the concert and then come That's home. This so familiar i'm yeah i'm starting to remember it yeah because because i do remember you had good you had good musical taste back then and that I you were like <laughs> you were like i like incubus and me and my brothers were obsessed with them oh my god brandon boyd yeah and... Karen, I, like a few years ago to a show maybe five and i tried to go again last year but yeah i, I still love incubus yeah but but somebody came up to me and was like, you know, y'all can't do that. Wow. And they were like talking to us and they kind of shamed me for it. And I, I don't know if they talked to you, but you came up to me and were like, yeah, I don't think this is going to be a good idea. I'm sure I was probably talked to as well. I wish uh, I had these crisp, crystal clear memories. It's like the older I get, stuff starts to get foggy. Yeah, I have but a weird. I, I feel like weird. I can remember a moment of being pumped and being like, yeah, let's do it. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm sure we were told that we couldn't do it because the implication would be that we'd be fucking or something like that or get, doing drugs or just so stupid. Like, yeah. like everybody would be like going crazy, having sex all over the place just because we went to a, a, a concert. I know. Right. It's wild <laughs> but, um, to think about. Yeah. I have a weird memory. So I, I think that's why I'm able to like write and like talk about these things. Cause I can, rem I have all this, like, it's just all stored away, but yeah, yeah, that was like, that was like the third time I got in trouble for going to a concert. Like one time I went to a concert and, uh, I took this guy who's now my best friend, but he was a baby Christian and baby Christian <laughs> were the ones that had just been baptized. Right. And we went to this, to this concert to see. So if they did something wrong, it was, you know, it was okay because they're a baby Christian and yeah. wrong could not even be something wrong. It's something that the church deemed to be wrong. Yeah. yeah. But we, we went to see this, this, this band. It was like, I don't know. It was called the lost prophets and then Andrew WK. And it was just like loud, fun, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But it was at this place called the cotton club that used to be the basement of the tabernacle. Mm -hmm. And so, but it was just called the Cotton Club, and it was just a small place for like up and coming bands. Yeah. So I remember I went with like my friend, my brothers went, a bunch of people. I had a friend from from work came there, but then you know we had a great time, and then we left. We were like, this was probably good, you know, good day, whatever. I get to church that Wednesday, and I get pulled aside, <laughs> and this guy starts just laying into me because mm -hmm. he heard that we went to a club he heard the word club 
So he thinks that you guys were like raging at a club and not just enjoying music. And he was, yeah. And so like, he was like, how dare you take this baby Christian to a club? How dare you like do these things? And I was like, I didn't have like, I didn't have the words to voice like what I wanted to say then. I just was like, yeah, you're right. Because I don't know if you felt this, but like the people above you, they were right. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, what they're Maybe saying is what you need to listen to. Happened today where I'd be like, oh, shit. sorry, I got to, I got to, let me plug in my phone real quick. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> I do avoid this. I'm going to pause for a second. Let me see. Okay. Yeah, we're good now. Cool. And we're back. <laughs> um. So, so dating is something that I've 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 talked about extensively. Okay. People and stuff. Um mm-hmm. I definitely felt pressure to date. I felt like I had to protect all of you guys from the oh. wild men that yeah. were out there that they were gonna take your your uh virginity. Virginity and they were gonna, you know, they were like these these wild animals just prowling mm-hmm. around. You know, mm-hmm. what was what was it like for y'all? Yeah. Or, uh like what was it like to be a girl, be a yeah. woman in the church? Goodness. Uh growing up, being in high school, hormones are raging. Mm-hmm. We were, you know, like you just shared, it was definitely you can't date anyone else that doesn't mm-hmm. go to your church. Like that was that was the deal. And mm-hmm. you wanted to the goal was, okay, so you're in the teen ministry. Maybe you meet the love of your life while you're mm-hmm. in the teen ministry. Yeah. You know, you go into the campus ministry, you guys date and you get married and you never go into that dreaded single ministry where all the losers are. Oh, really. that was dreaded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, you didn't want to be a part of the single ministry. You wanted to go straight from the campus ministry and then become being the married ministry. So that's our church, it was broken down to all these different ministries, mm-hmm. the kids ministry, teen, campus, single, married ministries. And so um, for me, as far as dating, it, I mean, it was awkward. It was weird. It, you know, and when we were teen girls, it was maybe somebody might take you out here and there. I lived in West Cobb. So it was a whole to do mm-hmm. if I was going to date anybody because there was no boys besides you. But you, I don't, you weren't a disciple then um, when I was in high school. So there's no like yeah. boys that could take us out on dates. And I definitely was not allowed to date anyone that did not go to our church. Mm-hmm. So it was the sprinkles of whatever team boy was told to ask me out. <laughs> I would go on a, I would go on a date. Um, and then maybe I would go on a date if we had some kind of social event going on which was that new year's bash. Like maybe I went on a date then. Yeah. Um, but it, it wasn't, it was tough for me. And then it wasn't because it wasn't that I didn't get attention in high school from boys, but again, we're, it's being drilled in our head that the world is bad. These boys are bad. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of looked at all of them as like, you know, you guys are you know going to lead me to hell. You, you're not going to be a good parent. You wouldn't be a good husband. So why would I even, look at you um in that way yeah so i didn't really 
um, have a hard time in high school saying no to the boys in high school. Um, I, I remember having crushes on kids that didn't go to our church, but I'd be like, oh, I can't, you know, that was me. I know there was definitely some of us who were had one foot in and one foot out. So they're one way at high school and then a different way. But I wasn't that way at all. I was I was goody two shoes in high school. College came around and I, uh, I I definitely was like, hey, I'm ready to get out in these streets towards the end. There. So <laughs> I was definitely, yeah, I was kind of dating somebody, dating grown ass men and in college and still trying to go to church and be a part of the church and um yeah college was a different story i kind of after i lost my virginity and i was still kind of going to church and i was like going to clubs and mm -hmm. being a young 22 23 year old not knowing what i wanted to do that's when i i decided i was like look i can't keep doing this and i left but did did you feel like you had to say yes when a boy like in church yeah you, mm -hmm. there no was no saying what. no yeah yeah there was someone that asked me out i won't say their name and i did not like him at all and he asked me out to a major event and i feel bad about this now because he should of today would be like yeah let's go let's have a fun time but he was not cool he wasn't considered cool he was awkward. I think yeah. he might have even maybe in in a way had some. Um, I don't want to say some kind of disabilities. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. mm -hmm. very, very nice guy, though. Um, and I just I cried because I had to say yes. So I said yes to him and I did not want to go out with him at all. Mm -hmm. That sucks that you felt like you had to do that. Um, did you feel like, like you were on display or like, like everything you wore, you had to be calculated? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Man. Um, good point. So, or good question. So anything that we wore, we had to think about, is it going to make the boys struggle? So yeah. if you wore a spaghetti strap, um, you didn't have like a cardigan covering your spaghetti strap, then you were being, you know, a Jezebel. <laughs> if something was too tight, like you get pulled over to the side, like someone would be like, hey, like you can't wear that. It couldn't be too tight, too short, um, too see-through to anything. Like if it wasn't, oh, goodness. Yeah, you had to be super, super careful with what you wore. Like mm -hmm. I don't remember showing too much thigh too much skin all of that was wrong i mean we would have these pool parties and we'd be in t-shirts at the pool parties and not a white t-shirt <laughs> um, i hated doing anything around water in yeah. church because we yeah. had to wear i mean i was i was a chubby kid so i was already awkward and uncomfortable with my body and it's something about though like having a shirt on that i just feel like it makes it even worse Right. But you were just, there was this, it was like a fear of like, if we see anything, we're going to be overcome by our desires and we're going to oh, be yeah. behind a pool house within yeah. seconds because we can't control it. You know, you might be rebuked about showing too much collarbone. Like what? <laughs> like, ugh, you know, that's too much, girl. Like 
you know, you're gonna make the brother struggle. That was what it was. You can't make the brother struggle. Um, <laughs> and, and that hence the word side hugs and yeah, cause we could not get full on hugs because, you know, my, my breasts could not touch any part of anyone else's body because, you know, they're going to want to just rip my clothes off. <laughs> I, uh, I got, I got discipled for hugging one time. <laughs> Full frontal. I made apparently I made you somebody. Did a full frontal hug. How well, this you? was after the letter. After okay. the letter, the rules. You thought you were free. <laughs> well, yeah. So, like for those of you listening, there was this letter that went out and it kind of deconstructed everything of the church. And right. there was it's kind of it went from like hyper vigilant, like everything was calculated to almost the wild west there. But sure. um, but like, yeah, no, it was this one. I mean, I would just, I would just hug normally. Mm -hmm. I, I used to hate, oh my God. I used to hate anything that like, like the greeters at church because you had to hug them. And it was always an awkward side one. And I only wanted to hug yeah. people that I you was wanted friends with. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I don't know you. I don't really want to hug you. Like yeah. I knew you. I'd be like, what's up, Keisha? It's good to yeah. see you because we went way back. I, there were friends, yeah. but like, there's all these other ones and it would just be really just just oh forced hugging is the worst but but i hugged i hugged this one girl and um then like i get called i don't know if i was called or pulled aside but they're like yeah you made somebody struggle with your hug and i was like <laughs> what and i immediately went to like three friends struggle with your three hug. friends that were girls and they were like they were like what's wrong and I was like, I just got talked to because of the way I hugged. Do I make you guys feel uncomfortable when I hug you? And they were like, one girl started laughing. And the yeah. other girl was like almost in tears. She was like, no. And they had to like reassure me that my hugs were good and that I wasn't doing anything. <laughs> it just, it's, but like this, that kind of stuff. It's like. Yeah. That's how so... intense it was. Yeah. And I'm sure it still is in certain places. So, Yeah. And I used to get frustrated because you had to move fast to get a date because it was like a, it was like, as soon as that closing, the guy was, you know, the closing thing was over. It was like Sunday. Yeah. Are off. People Sunday. are running. And I remember there Be was line a, to who they wanted to ask out on a date. And like, I had to work so much, so I didn't get to take a lot of dates so that when I had a Saturday, I was always looking for, like, I, <laughs> I asked you a couple times and you had already had a date. And I for got real. That's for so real. funny. Cause I was like, cause I was always like, who am I going to like have a good time with? Yeah. Who, wh which girl around here is this not going to suck? Because, right. you know, you, for us, we're like, we have to pull out all the stops and we have to do this. And I was like, who yeah, can I what was that with? like for y'all being expected to take someone out all the time? Cause I'm like, we were poor. It felt that I remember like, feeling pressure about everything that was going to happen. I felt like I had to have everything lined up. I needed mm -hmm. to make sure that it was going to be something that wasn't going to make y'all feel uncomfortable in a place where it's like, like movies were kind of okay, but you just had okay. to make sure that, you know, your elbows didn't rub too much or something like that. <laughs> because, you know, if your elbows touch, then before you know it, you're going to be, <laughs> Making out in the back. in the movie theater. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then it had to be, you know, and it had to be, you know, your car had to be cleaned. 
the plan. Oh, wow. And I had to tell y'all the plan before the date because, <laughs> you know, like, and it was, you wanted to, you wanted it to be prepared by like Wednesday or Thursday. Oh yeah. We needed the deets by then. Okay. Yes. Um, And then if, cause if you didn't provide them the deets and they wouldn't be encouraged and if y'all wouldn't be encouraged, then some man in the world's going to start looking enticing to y'all. And then you're going to be, you know, yeah. they're going to take you and it's all going to be our fault. Um, yeah. But like, cause your sisters, your sisters are beautiful. You don't think these men are out here not trying to talk to them and date them. Yeah. I hated how they used to call y'all sisters. Sisters. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to take out my sister. Yeah. Um, and like, <laughs> I used to, we used to have devotionals when they would break up like men and women and there would be mm -hmm. guys just yelling like brothers, you need to be taking out these sisters <laughs> and stuff like that. And you're just like, <sighs> Oh my God. But like, yeah. But then you were just always afraid that like, if one thing for one thing to go wrong, mm -hmm. you know, and like, it, it just was a mess. And then you had to have a double date because far be it for you to. Cannot be trusted alone. Oh yeah, you're definitely gonna fuck if you're got if you're alone uh -huh. with someone. Hundred yeah. percent. We cannot control ourselves enough to be alone with mm -mm. someone. Mm -mm. So, so then you know all of that. So it was almost all this work, and then during the date you were worried, and you're like hyper aware of every single thing that's happening. Yeah, um, definitely. And so this was oh. the thing that used to this used to piss me off. Y'all would make cookies for yes. the guys. Yes. I never to. This was a lot of pressure too, because I don't like to bake. Uh huh. And I think it's one, I hate to bake now. I'm just now getting at 40 years old. Now I'm like, hey, I should start to bake. I should maybe wanna I wanna make uh -huh. cakes now. But because we had to do that shit every single weekend, I was like, I ain't got time to be mixing. And y'all gotta and y'all had to make a card too. Yes, we would make cars all because some one girl did it. Uh -huh. And then it became the standard because you want we wanted to encourage you guys back. And so I would get creative and I'd be like, he said on the date that he likes model cars. So I started doing creative shit like that. Like, I'll get him a model car because I don't want to bake. Well, I rarely ever got a damn thing. Are you kidding? I'm hundred percent serious. Like I not even I, a card. I would get a card, maybe. But you wouldn't get a baked good. And I would see all these dudes getting brownies and, and brownies cookies. and shit. Yeah. And it made me feel like I did something wrong all the time. It, I'm sure. It fucking sucked. It really did. It was I think hard I was to... one of those girls that didn't always bake. I I would bake if I for my crush. And I try to do something cool for other people. But yeah. Yeah, I just felt I was always forced to, you were always forced to take out people. And it wasn't the person you wanted to take out. Because mm -hmm, you couldn't and, take them too much. Yeah. And then Maybe once liked, a month. Yeah. Yeah. Because once you had a crush, then that was a big deal. Then you could go once a month. And then after a while, you go every other week. Exactly. Then you, had to, you had to be going on dates with people with in between. People. Mm -hmm. yep and then people would they remember they called it oh my god i'm remembering all this shit they called it weasel time when you uh -huh. would coordinate to be able to be the double on the date of the person that you yep. like so you're still really spending time with them 
uh-huh. even though you're on a date with somebody else, weasel time. Oh, yeah. weasel time. I used to call because I, I was in church for a while. And so I used to, I worked with the teens for a good, for a good five years. Oh, and wow. I used to, I used to call people the weasel. I'd be like, you weasel. <laughs> Cause I would watch what they were doing. Uh-huh. Um, oh, it didn't die. They continued weasel time. Yeah. It kind of helped. Cause I was, you know, one of my, you know, John, uh, Nelson, mm-hmm. good friend. So we, we would love things like that words. Yeah. I was, I, I was in it for a good, I mean, I was 20, seven when i left oh wow yeah you stayed so I, around time. yeah i i kind of like uh yeah i got really into the the teen ministries and i mean i was full-time at camp for a few years oh um, cool yeah and i kind of used i used the teens to hide i mean that's essentially what i was doing because i didn't know yeah. if i wanted to be a part of it but i was hoping that would make it work but but i remember the weasels god i used mm-hmm. to I loved calling calling out those boys for like weaseling around, just trying to be yeah. around their crushes, stuff like that. Yeah. Weasel yeah. Time. But I think the dating was hard for me because it put um, expectations. Like it's almost like um, it's like a lollipop at the bank. Like mm-hmm. if I take people out on dates, I need to have something in return. Right. You know, kind of thing. And that's something that I've had to kind of work through and let go of hard because you know why should i get a cookie for doing the right thing you know mm-hmm. but i remember when i met my my now <laughs> wife i remember when i took her out like i called her two days before the date yeah to let her know what we were doing and stuff <laughs> like that it's like okay <laughs> yeah. she kind of liked it though but anyway oh good yeah so like so you were in it what were there some like when when did you leave? Um, I kind of touched on it. It was so right after the Henry Crete letter came out, I think that really messed me up because we left Chicago because of all the abuse that had happened. Mm-hmm. And it was this whole thing where we were presenting ourselves in a false way as a family. Yeah. Because nobody would have thought that that was really what was going on in our in our household. And so when that came out, and it, for me, it was like another thing that like rocked me to my core where, you know, I'm thinking I'm doing everything right. Why would there be this? This thing that I've invested everything into that's mm-hmm. deceived me again. And. Yeah. So I had a really, really hard time reconciling that. And so I, I tried to go to church and I was, I was going to church, but I think that's when I started to have one foot in, one foot out, yeah. where it was like, why would I, why would I trust this? Like the trust was gone and it was completely broken for me. And so I want to say maybe in, by like 2005, I think that's when I was finally completely done. Mm-hmm. 0506 maybe I hung around for a couple of years after that but I definitely was you know kind of doing my own thing on the side yeah being in them streets and it was mm-hmm. mainly because I just was like I don't trust these people and in the I think that's when they kind of broke down the whole campus ministry and they were yeah. like oh well you know everybody could kind of just meet where they live and at one point it was East Cobb and West Cobb meeting together again 
kind of similar to what we were we grew up with Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden it was like north river and whatever the other churches now like they separated Mm -hmm. and i just was like i saw this as a kid i'm not dealing with this again this is stupid like you guys are breaking up over you know socioeconomics and i'm done Mm -hmm. it became very black and very white it was you know north river was very white and i don't know what the demographic is now i have no idea but it was like North River and then the other church that was basically West Cobb. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the name, but um, I just I didn't want to be a part of it anymore. And I stopped going completely. Yeah, those that that was that was weird. Weird as well, because the, the churches are were only two miles apart. Yeah, Maybe. which is dumb. It is dumb. It's stupid. And it was pretty centralized where they were both at centralized mm-hmm. to both like not too far for the east cop people not too mm-hmm. far for the west cop people it made sense for them to be together and they still yeah. split mm-hmm. yeah it was very um because when i when i joined the teens i to work with the teen uh ministry mm-hmm. uh i was with the north river campus because i had and because and the only reason i, I landed there was because one, I was living, I was living in Marietta, so it made mm-hmm. kind of made sense. And then two, a bunch of the kids that I had counseled at camp that like kind of attached themselves to me or meeting there. So then yeah. I was like, let's continue this relationship. Um, but I remember like <laughs> that was probably a mistake because all it did was just because like you were saying, I was seeing the same things that I was always <laughs> seeing. Yeah, that I did not like that made me feel like I was not good enough, mm -hmm. similar to how you felt. I felt the same way. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, so we just had this whole letter that came out that basically brought out everything that we were doing wrong. And so this is what we're going to do. I just my brain couldn't compute that. And I, I had to leave. Yeah, I um, Yeah, I left. I was a part of the teens and and the, what was great about the teens is it allowed me to, I kind of could develop questions for myself, but it really just made it to where like I could just project it onto other people. I didn't have to deal with my stuff because mm-hmm. I was like, I'm just going to work with these kids. And I was like, I, yeah. I guess I was trying to help the kids not have what I had. I could see that. And if you're giving and giving and giving and mm-hmm. giving to other people, like you said, you don't have to think about mm-hmm what you're actually dealing with those emotions get tucked away. So, yeah. yeah. Cause the thing that saved one of the things that saved just my whole, like being able to talk about this, to have a life mm-hmm. were adult males in my life as a teen. Okay. People to talk to. So I wanted to give back to that, but um, I mean, it just kept, it, it was like, okay, I see it. It's all right. But then it's like, oh, there it is again. Oh, there it is again. And then I eventually had to, I had to take off and I left the teens and went to where my parents were meeting at the time because they had started another church. Cause that was the thing, right? Like all the churches mm-hmm. started, people would just kind of form little pockets. Yeah. So had the, that was the, probably that place was one of the safest I ever felt. Um, okay. it, it was a bunch of adults that like didn't like what they saw and were like, let's do something different. That's the one that meets in Alpharetta, right? Yeah, North Point. North Point, yeah. Mm-hmm. So 
and it was, you know, I, I eventually had to go because I just needed to figure out some stuff. Cause there's just so many things I was dealing with at the time. And, mm-hmm. you know, you talk about being hurt by the church. Cause you're, you know, you're seeing this thing. I mean, I, I remember like I had a girlfriend and it didn't work and okay. it was like, this was supposed to work. Right. Cause you we know? did everything we were supposed to do. Yeah. You know, and then it doesn't work. And then it's like, oh man, that's weird. This doesn't What's make wrong sense. With me? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, I can see that. Yeah. That came up in therapy for me recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't even realize I was do- doing it. I am very, very, very critical of myself. Mm-hmm. And if I don't do something in a certain way, like what I deem to be the correct way the first time, then mm-hmm. it's it's all over. Like I can't, my brain doesn't let me go. It's okay. Like just try again tomorrow. It is the worst thing ever. If I can't, if I set a goal and I don't do it right then and there. And yeah, it's cause... very much attached to being made to feel like we had to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think about that a lot. I think that people are going to leave me and it's going to be my fault mm-hmm. because of of how it was for us, you know? Yeah. Anything wrong that you do, they are going to leave and it's going to be because you did this or that. And it could be as simple as, I mean, I didn't put the dishes away right. Wow. Or something like that. And it just yeah. triggers that kind of shit. And it's it's they were really good at like doing that to yeah. us and things like that. Well, it's very much structured around your confession, like your discipling time. Mm -hmm. So if you sit down with your discipling partner and you confess these sins, then by the next week, during your next D time, if you're still doing those quote unquote sins that you confessed to the week before, then what is wrong with you? Mm -hmm. God, yeah, crazy. I hated discipling partners. Yeah. Only reason I hate it is because... Yeah, you could, but also... I couldn't talk to the person I wanted to talk to. I had to talk to this person that was assigned to me. Yeah. And it was like, I had my best friends and like, I'll gladly sit for once a week and talk to them, Mm -hmm. but trust them. But I got to sit and talk to this guy. And it was just always weird. And Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry to take you down that road. No, it's okay. (laughs) So like, was there anything positive about oh it. for sure yeah like you mentioned camp i so um my job had something over at lake oconee at the at the ritz lake oconee mm-hmm. uh, for the managers and we spent the night out there and so i'm you know i'm doing that drive up 20 east and uh-huh. all these memories start to flush or you know flush me with, over camp and it was literally the exit that you would take mm-hmm. once you would leave camp Remember Zaxby's? Yeah. Like it was like the first Zaxby's that we knew of was out there near camp. And so everybody would either go to that Zaxby's or that Pizza Hut. Uh-huh. And so I drove past there and I was like, oh, my God. And had all, I had all these really good memories of camp in and of itself. Um, and so, yeah, I, I love camp. I still love camp. You know, in a lot of ways, a lot of the good things about me as a person and about my character are from my experiences of going to that church and the foundation that it set. And Mm -hmm. I still have a lot of very close friends who 
I wouldn't, I wouldn't know if it hadn't been for church. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a beautiful thing. Um, I also love that. I just feel like to my core, I am a good person and I never question that or doubt that. And I think a lot of that has to do with how I was raised mm -hmm. because of church. So there's good that came from it. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. The friendship part is, is something like, I, I think I got lucky and I found, found about five guys that, I mean, I still, they've come up here to yeah. Virginia numerous times. They were all in my wedding. Cause when you leave, right. When you leave mm -hmm. church, you were leaving everything. Yep. And you so fell like, away. remember yeah. that? Oh, you fell away. Mm -hmm. But these friends stuck with me and mm -hmm. um, I was able to have, it just created a really core group. And I think that I'm really lucky in that. And that's, that's that. And I think that and camp are probably the only things that I think that were positive that I've gotten to take away from from the whole church experience. Um, yeah. And we were, I was, I was talking with one of them about like, cause you know, when is your guy, you don't really, it's, it's hard to talk to guys about stuff, okay. but like it became, it was so easy for us to do that in church. The conversating yeah, like therapy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Talking to your friends was your therapy. Yeah. Yeah. But then like, what was so cool about, like you mentioned all the time, that we spent right mm -hmm. but like we were talking about how how much time we spent together for like years right like if yeah. you're if you connect with someone your friends i mean you're seeing them five days a week mm -hmm. you know and so that was something that like i don't know that was positive i i still Definitely. Hmm. there's a lot of good memories a lot of um you know, gut busting times where you're laughing with people that you care about who believe the same things that you believe mm -hmm. and you're, you know, in tears. Yeah. There's a lot of good memories, a lot of good interactions that I had with people. So mm -hmm. that are still my friends to this day. Yeah. So it comes back to, cause I kind of, I was going to ask like where you landed now, but it seems like, you know, you were kind of mentioning that about the core, you feel like you're a good person that comes from a church. So like, mm -hmm. do you, I mean, do you go to church anywhere? Is church like a four letter word or is it like, is it, where do you, what do you find yourself dealing with that now? So I don't go to a church uh -huh. and it's almost church is triggering for me. Mm -hmm. It just is. And I just don't want to be a part of something that was like that. And if I see any semblance of something, I, I just, I don't give it a fair shot and people are people and they're not perfect. But I think over the years, since I've been gone, I've tried to go to different churches and something is said that immediately makes me think of the ICOC and I'm like, nah, I'm out. I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. Or there's been times that I've visited, you know, these, newer churches since that deconstructed churches or whatever, you know, you mentioned North river and I forgot the other one in the North point. I haven't gone to North point. Mm -hmm. Is that what it's called? I haven't gone there, but I have gone to some of the other ones and it's just awkward because yeah. 
it's like I, I've known I've walked right by people that I've known since I was 13 years old and nothing Damn. or I've seen them out in public because I mean I live for now I'm still living in Atlanta so you might see somebody that you grew up with out in public and it's like you have that moment where you recognize each other but you mm -hmm. still don't say anything to them but I've also gone to their churches and I'm no one says anything to me and maybe it's, it's awkward you know it is it's is. not yeah. maybe it is awkward and yeah. they don't know what to say I don't know what to say it's not to point a finger at them like how could you not I'm <clears> the visitor now you how dare you um not try to pull me into your church it is what it is and so I don't have a church home I pray mm -hmm. all the time though Roy like I pray I, I was praying yesterday the day before yesterday I have some kind of spiritual connection to God. Mm -hmm. I don't always read the Bible, um, but I definitely, um, I consider myself to be a spiritual person. Cool. Yeah. You talk about seeing people too. I mean, it's, it's, it was, I used to, <laughs> I used to work at coffee shops. You came to my coffee shop one time that oh, I was working at in Smyrna. In Smyrna? Yeah, yeah, I yeah, worked Rev. there for a minute and you came in and I was just yes. like, I love shit. that Rev coffee. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, Keisha, that's awesome. I would not have walked by you at a church no. if I was still going to church. Um, no, of course not you. Yeah. Like but, we go way, way back. Yeah. But, but, but I used, I also worked at a place called land of a thousand Hills that's out in Roswell. Mm -hmm. And it, it was, uh, it was marketed to churches. So a lot of churches oh. come there. And so people would, yeah, it was funny when I left church, I ended up working at a coffee shop <laughs> and I, it thrusted me back into like a different side of the, the yeah. church. Um, Cause I got to see every other church that was out there. Mm -hmm. And I, I was like, it's a long, long story, but I'd be at this coffee shop and you'd see people from our church just coming in. It was awkward as hell every time. I'm sure. I was like, oh, what are you up to? Yeah. <laughs> they always say, where are you going to church? Or exactly. Are you, you know, so you don't know what to say. But, uh, yeah. well, I'm glad that, like, it's, like, do you feel like, like, when you're praying or, like, engaging at that, does it feel freer? Like, you don't feel like it has to look There's or no sound a certain way? Yeah, no. I talk to God in the way that I want to talk to God. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah. it's it's for me. It's. And it's not this, you know, remember the quiet times and mm -hmm. being made to feel like, oh, if you missed the quiet time, you were going to hell. Like, that's how serious it was yeah. back then. Uh -huh. um, how dare you miss a quiet time? And how long was your quiet time? And, <laughs> oh, well, what did you do? What did you read? Like, what were some of the things that you're doing in your quiet times? Oh, yeah. oh, you know, I'd always be like, I, I picked a book, one of the Gospels. I'm looking at the Gospels right now. Like, it was just so, or I was, you know, having my quiet time over you know, one of the points from midweek service and then you switch it up, you know, one of the points from church service and I'm going over the three points from church and then that's going to be my Bible, you know, my quiet times. And then from midweek, those points from midweek will be my quiet times. It's, it's none of that. It's, you know, what I want to talk to God about. Yeah. And I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I, you're just, you're making me laugh. Cause I, you know, at camp, I remember you would see in the morning before breakfast. <laughs> oh God, you were so spiritual. If you got down to the hall mm -hmm. um, and you were sitting there with your cup of coffee and your Bible 
mm-hmm. or you're, you know, in your rocking chair, you know, yeah. before everybody else with your wet hair. Yep. You know? And you would need to have, I remember like, I always, always wanting to have a journal with me mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. um some kind of book or like commentary on whatever it was. And God, I would watch. And then as a counselor watching the kids do it and then watch the girls, yeah. watch the boys. Yeah. Doing it. And you're just like, oh, he's spiritual. Oh my gosh. Look at that guy. And you, you know, yeah. it's like, he's such a server. I know. He's so, you know, he's so spiritual. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so the things that we went through. I know it's crazy. So, like, um, I come back to the first question. You know, sure. were we in a cult? Yeah. You think? That's not something that I question. I mean, uh-huh. it doesn't. When you research other uh, cults or uh-huh. other churches, there's always some kind of good that they yeah. bring to that person's life. That mm-hmm. can be for a lifetime. There's certain things that about the ICOC or whatever else they call it now um, that will I will keep with me until the day I die. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that it was ultimately good for me or that it's good for other people. However, you know, I don't judge anyone that still wants to be a part of it either. Like that's your that's your deal. Like if that's yeah. where you want to go to church, that's fine. It's it's cool, but the per- the rigidness of everything, mm-hmm. um, the con- how controlling it was, down to some certain things that I hear now about married couples because I never made it to the married ministry, obviously. Yeah. But uh, the married couples being asked how many times they're having sex per week, you know. Um, yeah. I do remember bringing in my paycheck stub because they wanted to make sure that I was tithing ten percent. Um, Dang. yeah, it wasn't because it, I think everybody had to, it wasn't just like, Hey, Keisha, we don't believe you're tithing 10%. It was just, I think we all had to. And, um, that's very, very controlling mm-hmm. and, and it's not of the Bible. There's certain things that the ICOC does. That's just, is not, it isn't biblical and you could try to twist and, and make the words of the Bible subjective all you want but mm-hmm. yeah it's to me absolutely yes it was a cult mm-hmm. yeah well i'm glad you did this thank you for doing yeah, this of course of course thank, thank you for sharing your story i think um more people should be sharing i think talking about things that we've gone through in life right somebody is is what helps us grow and you know, can lead us to positive change and stuff, but, um, definitely. definitely. Yeah. I'm glad that, uh, you're, you were, you were the inaugural person, the first yeah! one in what I hope is, is hundreds more. And if you, if you have someone or know someone that wants to talk to me about it, or yeah. you think would send them my way. Um, definitely. you know, Karen would definitely talk and Karen oh. and I have a podcast. Yeah. Plug it. I don't care. Call no, Greg. Talk about it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, we are elder millennials, right? We're mm-hmm. Karen and I are both 40 and we're experiencing a lot of changes in our body. Gosh, during COVID. I mean, I was absolutely depressed. I gained 50 pounds. Um, and there are things that were happening 
that I could not really explain that had never happened before mentally and physically to my body. And I'm like, this is all because I am middle-aged mm-hmm. and why don't I know more about this? Why don't we talk more about it? And so it's just really a podcast centered around um, being an older millennial and elder millennial and things that are different now versus when we were kids and growing up. Cause I just really feel like we're the last of the Mohegans in that sense of, you know, growing up without, social media yeah mm-hmm. and yeah. um yep. yeah i listened to the fr- I've, I've listened to the first one. Oh, cool yeah it Thank was you. fun i thought it, it's cool and she who, who is she married to What's that she's guy? married to gerard 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 marshall and they actually um met through the church and yeah. yep that guy was fun yeah, he still is a lot of fun. He's That's he's cool. hilarious. They've got two kids. Uh-huh. They've been married for um it'll be 21 years next month. Wow. 21 years. Right? We are old. We are. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, yeah, the gray hair down there. That's awesome. Yep. Check it out, guys. Um yeah, thanks for sharing. Thanks for being on here. Of course. Yeah. Um and yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Until next time. Yay. All right. Hold on one second.